everyone, and welcome to Showhoppers. Today we are covering Mrs. Davis, season one and maybe only in its entirety, because this is our recap episode. I am Mr. Sal, a high school science teacher, covering Mrs. Davis with my co-host and former student, Kurt. Hello, Kurt. Hi there, Mr. Sal. How are you doing? I, you know, I feel worthy. I don't know if you should. Well, <laughs> you didn't, you didn't ride the, do you like roller coasters? I used to. I, I, I don't anymore. No. I used to, too. I haven't been on a roller coaster in so long. I want to try it out again now. I think I'm ready now. I it's, think I'm worthy. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, only one way to find out, Kurt. <laughs> Let's, uh... Preferably not the euthanasia coaster. Wow. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, we we are recapping all of this season of Mrs. Davis, which might be all of Mrs. Davis. Uh, I, I will tell you that a, a Peacock Insider has gone uh, public with under the condition of anonymity, uh, saying there are no talks to do a season two of mrs davis so it appears as though we have all of mrs davis which is fine i mean it it'll, it's a very closed loop story they already um for the awards put it in as a limited mm-hmm. series anthology so even if there was a second season it wouldn't follow most of these characters well let me tell you so. something though if it wins emmys and suddenly peacock's subscriptions go up right after the emmys Oh, it wouldn't, season it wouldn't, two. Surprise, <laughs> wouldn't surprise me at all if there's a season two. Yeah, if it is good at the Emmys, we'll see. Yeah, so I'm I, I haven't given up on the season two, but I'm I'm kind of convinced at this point that probably there's not going to be a season two, and and I'm fine with it because this was a great season, exactly the way it is. Great series, exactly the way it is. So fine by me. Um, the way we do our recap episodes, we have a, a lot to do, and we're going to do things a little differently than we normally do. It feels like we do Davis. that every time. <laughs> we always do everything a little bit differently. That's okay. That's uh, fine. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a living document. That's what the Constitution is, right? And that's what Show Hoppers is. It's a living <laughs> podcast. So I like that. Yeah. You know, anyway, so the way we're going to do this, we're, we have a few segments that we're going to do here. Okay, Uh, we're going to start by going through the episodes and we came up with our kind of show hoppers average rating between the two of us. Our two individual lists were very similar. And so we kind of made a composite of the two and ranked the episodes from number eight to number one based on the way both of us felt about them on average. Okay, so we'll go through each episode from bottom to top, talk about what we loved about it, why it's why we ranked it, where we ranked it, and so forth. Um, Not long on each episode, maybe a couple of minutes on each each episode. I think we're doing away with the timer for this one, right? Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about it together. Yeah, yeah. but then we'll have a segment on the titles. We'll talk because the titles were very (laughs) interesting. We'll talk about our favorite titles and our least favorite titles, uh, given what the algorithm gave us. We'll also uh, talk about our uh, some some of our favorite moments or moments that stick with us uh, in in a, a segment, and then our final segment we'll talk about the characters. Uh, give so give out some character. Um, I don't want to call them awards because a lot of podcasts call them character awards, so uh, we'll call them character superlatives. <laughs> that, yeah, that's a fancy word for it. <laughs> okay. All right, but let's get started, Kerr, by running through our ratings, our rankings uh, from the bottom. 
So what's the first number we do? Number eight. Ah, yes, number eight. So our uh, composite rating, Mr. Cell, number eight. Yes. So this, our number eight, we both, we've actually both individually agreed that this was the lowest rate rated episode of the season. It is episode three, a baby with wings, a sad boy with wings and a great helmet. You gave it an eight. I gave it a nine. So we have a composite show hoppers rating of 8.5. Criminal that you gave this a nine. I disagree. Criminal. It's because you watched the Mr. Salka. It doesn't matter. That's why I gave it. That's why I didn't give it a ten. Because really? I had to, had to. I had to cut it. See, you're thinking about it the wrong way. You're thinking about it. <laughs> this as, was going to be a ten. If you no, have to cut it. The Mr. Sal cut is a ten, but With because I had to nine? make it, I took off a point and dropped it down to a nine. I I don't know the, the Excalibur. So this is the episode of the Excalibur stuff. <laughs> just just to Correct. give the listeners a bit of a bit of reference, it's the episode with Excalibur. I know what a terrible episode. Exactly, it was not a terrible. I mean, you gave it an eight out of ten. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible, but I think it is the weakest episode. I think it's and you it's agree undeniably the weakest episode. Like I I don't think there's any question at all. This is the weakest episode, and and most of that is because of the stuff that I would cut cut out in the salad cut which is fair yeah uh, most of excal battle mm-hmm. so. yeah excal battle but but you know what the the beginning and the ending are definitely really good right? I, absolutely seeing the past seeing wiley and simone together and learning a bit about you know wiley's inheritance all that stuff that's definitely really interesting seeing the first time with the whole restaurant ordeal that was really engaging and uh the ending um is also yeah, relatively interesting. So, oh, relatively, I think that, <laughs> that, this ending is one of my favorite scenes in all the whole series. Like, I I love this scene where she approaches him after seeing that he has wings. So, I mean, that in itself is is a shock. Mm-hmm. Wiley has wings. He's he's dedicating his life to fighting Mrs. Davis, yet he has wings. He was a user. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has consigned himself his his own life in exchange for these wings um so i mean that that's amazing but then within that last scene we also get the origin story of sister simone Mm -hmm. not uh before that she was lizzie before that moment on jezebel when she prayed for wiley's life to save his life and she meets jay for the first time so we get all that and then wiley's reaction to realizing that his competition is jesus christ i won't say all of the expletives that he says about his competition uh before he gets struck by lightning but i mean this is, this is a, an amazing scene my favorite scene in the episode i will adding to that scene and mine as well adding to that scene though that that to me at least is like the first example of that simone is not crazy in what she's seeing there's other tidbits and obviously later on we'll have references of other people going to the restaurant like clara some other people reference uh the um han siegler or not han sorry the pope referencing that he went to the restaurant but beforehand this to me was a really telltale sign of oh simone because i've been wondering is simone like maybe a little wacko not actually seeing jay mm-hmm. right it's all in her head but this was just, you know this was a sign of actually wait a second <laughs> 
which which years. part of it what made, made uh, the lightning think? strike the lightning strike oh the lightning strike gotcha the lightning okay. strike oh, oh kurt it's dangerous right. to confuse fate with coincidence mr echo yeah. <laughs> i mean john Locke or <laughs> echo said it to john Locke. anyway um yeah it's, it's uh, and the whole time i was thinking about that is is this coincidence or is this divine intervention mm-hmm. so it's it's really interesting to think about but I, what i also love about this episode is the theme of worthiness it comes up so many times throughout the episode the cowboy bow you know no, nothing's worse than a cowboy who isn't worthy of his boots and celeste you always did see good in people even when they were unworthy of your trust uh even the the, the crier at the excal battle calls everyone who's eliminated unworthy you know mm-hmm. so when simone puts that pin on him at the end see you are worthy like it, so the the theme of worthiness shines through in this episode really really well and and it's something that you can watch for the rest of the series and really hone in on it makes it i think a much richer series so uh, i love the episode the only knock i have on it is excalibur battle is too long it's too many damn hours on the damn sword yeah i th- i think it's an okay or good episode but excalibur battle really ruins it for me like if i rewatch this episode you do the salad cut i will and it will be better i'd give it like a nine or a ten but i had to cut out some of the episode so yeah anyway well, all right well, let's move on number seven okay well our seventh episode uh is the first episode mr sal mother of mercy the call of the horse that's right. We gave it a what's it 8.5 composite score. I gave it an 8, you gave it a 9. Right. By the way, I do think a lot of my enjoyment of that episode, this episode that we're talking about right now, the premiere, is is that I watched it twice and you only I think watched it once. I only watched it once. Yep. Yeah. And listen, that could very well be true. I do remember when I first watched it uh it's I I I had even judged giving it a 7 potentially and you know, it's all over the place. Um, and I really didn't know what was going on. Like, we have like this nun stuff with Simone, and she's kind of paranoid. Not even paranoid. I, it seems quite justified. <laughs> but just yeah, yeah. These people coming for her, like the stand that popped up, and this whole light reflection thing. <laughs> the giant magnifying glass. <laughs> giant magnifying glass, exactly. Yeah. Like it, it, it's so wacky and zany. It felt like a fever dream to me, and I was like, man. Am I also to be like confused and wondering what's going on? There's just there's just so much going on. Now they did a very well good job with continuity in the series. I, I do think if I rewatched it again, I'd probably pick up on things I had missed. Oh, they yeah. did keep Ooh. relatively great continuity. Um oh, and the reason I probably gave it an eight more than a seven was faith, faith in Damon Lindelof. I, you know, I, I liked some of the series he's done. We've covered the leftovers, Watchmen, almost done with Lost. Check that out. Yeah, and so, you so know, I, close. I, I, so I have faith that you know it, it'll come through. But um, but I, I did feel for this pilot. If we weren't covering the series week by week, I don't know if I would carry on. Right. Yeah. I, I, I get it. And and interesting to say that you, you are comfortable placing your faith in Damon Lindelof, since so much of the series, and especially this pilot, is about where we place our faith. So Simone has chosen to place her faith in, in religion. Uh, most people are placing their faith heavily in Mrs. Davis. And it, I, I do think 
this culmination at the end, this last scene in the kindergarten room really ties the episode together and, and makes it, it, it puts it over the top. Like if, if you were struggling to kind of keep up with it, which I would understand, I think that scene kind of pulls you in and gives you kind of your Rosetta stone for the rest of the series. I agree. It gives you some grounding. What I, that was my favorite scene as well for the episode. Yep. My, my counter to that though would be there's there's a level of absurdity, right? And I I was alright with the absurdity, but I could definitely see watching and being like, okay, the holy grail now? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, wait a second. I guess it just start off with that kind of holy grail esque scene. Yeah, <laughs> but, but that's true. But we also do get Simone's reaction, which is exactly that. The what now? Like, I mean, that's it really... true. No, that's true. It is like self. And so we always have her as a proxy, if you pardon the, the expression. <laughs> um, I, I always come back to that one line that she says to the, the kindergarten teacher, which is, "Oh, like a ventriloquist dummy." And and I, I I'm really stuck on this idea that this is someone who has put her faith in this religion where a priest a primary job is to proxy for god mm-hmm. and yet she's criticizing this user of the algorithm uh, as being a ventriloquist dummy for proxying very fair so, anyway so. yeah it's, it's it's interesting uh i i think my favorite scene in the episode though was when the, when the nuns get fired because you oh, kind of you kind of see not only it can mrs davis you know blow up some jam she can completely upturn your life by buying out your convent uh and and i think it's even more impactful in retrospect having seen the whole series that we find out that mother superior is a user and the faith that she puts in somehow in both her religion and the algorithm much like the pope so anyway yeah, it doesn't matter a lot, yeah. well all right let's let's uh, let's move on then Number six. Oh, I see how it is, Kurt. <laughs> you, 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 want, you, want you want me to say it? <laughs> There's a okay. reason I introduced the last one. Yeah. All right. So our number six rated episode, which uh, we both gave a nine to this episode. Uh, it's episode two. Zwei sie piel mit Zeitung sie Wirtschaftung. Which it is, you know, uh, you wanted to say that I, I you wanted of, to show off. You wanted to show off, but <laughs> it's but it does. It's kind of gibberish, more or less. It's not really much. There's not much meaning to it in German. I can decipher it, but anyway, this episode uh, we watched more or less back to back with episode one before, and then we recorded. Uh, mm-hmm. So we had not seen episodes three and four when we recorded our coverage of episodes one and two so i kind of tie episode one and two together quite a lot mm, um me too but this one uh it's got this german title because we that we have this big stinger at the end that the germans were actually working for wiley and the resistance uh you know meeting the resistance is super fun in this episode that deck for none that jq delivers is some of the funniest stuff in the series i think uh so that that all was was great. It was all very interesting. Um, yeah. And so I think that was your favorite scene too, right? The the deck for none. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that and that was my favorite scene as well. Also the funniest scene. So really interesting. But um, anyway, th- there's a lot of great stuff here. Um, the the um, 
what was I going to say? Oh, the the headquarters being at the Hippo Factory is is, is something pretty special. Uh, we get another proxy for Mrs. Davis, which is another kind of maternal figure. It's Simone's fake mother, who we met in the flashbacks early on. The flashbacks, the flashbacks, are, the flashbacks right. are a really mm-hmm. big part of this episode. Uh, they kind of describe wow, you have the origin of of Simone and Wiley meeting in the hospital. Uh, the, this this door that that Elizabeth opens and gets shot with the crossbow bolt uh, is kind of the driving force behind so much of what she does in the series uh, to the point where later on in the series, somebody's going to say, you know, I think it's Jay. It says, you know, you'd rather you're, you're so afraid of that crossbow. It still sticks with you uh, that, that you'd rather find danger where there is none than risk getting hurt again. And, and this is where that comes from. So this is it's a great episode. This episode is very formative as to how you'll think about the characters and their relations, like meeting Celeste, meeting Monty, seeing their interactions, seeing their interactions with uh, Simone, like how Monty might be a bit manipulative, how Celeste kind of almost like has her boundaries. And we'll see that, you know, in the future and right. as Celeste grows up and the important, because that's super important to the plot. Uh, all that well this episode compared to the first one after i had seen it felt it was a lot more grounded right i hadn't figured out the jesus thing yet but damon Lindelof would be so <laughs> mad that you said that by the way he hates the word grounded well <laughs> <laughs> what did he hate grounded can i can i ask Ah, uh, man i don't even remember necessarily i think he he doesn't want to be grounded, be, be limited to the ground, the ground. Like he, he wants to be able to do crazy things because they're fun. I mean, that's true. Let's say it is crazy yeah. things, but it's more followable than the last episode. Right. Yeah. To the yeah. point where I'm, where I, I'm still thinking about who's working for her, Mrs. Davis. Right. right. You know, is, is the resistance actually helping her? Like what's, what's going on here? This ending this this was a really good episode. Like this episode is had I like if I watched episode one, then this second episode, I probably you know. Now I'm finishing the series. Now this is yeah. this is this is good now. There's a huge turning point in this episode too, when we learned that Jay is Jesus. Yes. That which I mean that that I, I don't know if I said this on the on the podcast or not, but when Tara Hernandez told that to Damon Lindelof that she wanted Jay to actually just be Jesus. He said, I need a minute. And he hung up. He said, I'll call you back. (laughs) (laughs) And and so it was was a big shock to him. Um, But that just changed everything. It changed the whole game. You have to go back and retroactively think of everything that you saw between Jay and Simone in episode one. And it changes how everything follows, knowing that she's got this actual, legitimately personal relationship with jesus so it is very interesting yeah like it's such a it's such a like interesting take on a series too absolutely i i i i don't know if you know another depiction where a character is seriously talking with jesus or potentially you could say god or someone else you know but i mean i've i have seen other depictions but it's much more transparent like i was a lot more transparent exactly and it's yeah it's not i'm trying what was the phrase like I don't it, say it was well, humor behind it, but also the serious nature. Like the, it's a personification of the qualities. Mm-hmm. 
that are it's not just like they're there almost as a MacGuffin, right? Like, oh, I'm talking to God because I want blank, or I'm talking exactly. To this is a it's, character. Yeah, yeah. Based yes. on like what is known about them and personifying mm-hmm. it, that's super cool. It's amazing. It's a character with desires and flaws, and like it, not a MacGuffin, but a not a MacGuffin. This is a true character, and that's that's what makes it unique. Because you're right, every other depiction of talking to god legitimately hasn't really made god or jesus or whoever a character they've just made them a mechanism for the person talking to them to mm-hmm. you know advance the plot but this this is not that this this is a true character and it's it's astounding like I, it, it is one of the most unique things on the show and this is a show that has a giant magnifying glass exploding jams or jars of jam <laughs> and, and this is one of the most astounding things on it so yeah big big turning point in the series there but i mean early in the series but it's a it's a huge turn so yeah great episode you ready to move on yep okay number five our fifth ranked episode mr sal Allison Treasures, A Southern California Story. Compositely, 9.5. Fifth-ranked episode. It's the sixth episode of the season. Yeah, you but gave it a 9. I gave it a 10. I ranked it as my fourth. You gave it your fifth. That's right. So I actually had this a little higher than you did. Which you did. Is, yeah. So this is one of the places where we compromised. Yeah, this is the, the point of the, compromising. These, these next, so those bottom three episodes, we were in alignment. These next three episodes, we were not in alignment, so we came up with a compromise, which we'll kind of talk about as we go. But so, go ahead, start talking about Alice and Treasures. It's a great episode. <laughs> it is a great episode. I mean, it's the whole heist in and of itself, and learning more about Celeste. That's why I consider this episode to be a lot more of you know the Celeste episode of um. Yeah, I, I think Simone, the heist episode. But yeah, I, I can yeah. see why you say this last episode. Yeah, yeah. The heist, we learn about Celeste. We see, I think it's our only real depiction of Monty with Simone when Simone's an adult. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so yep. that's interesting, right? Also very comical. <laughs> the, yes. the, the, Monty the nose reveal. peel. That nose peel just kills me. The nose peel is very funny. But just seeing Celeste, learning about her mechanisms also comedy in that like our super long password and wiley really trying to get a cup of coffee for the plan <laughs> he dirt he dirtened it <laughs> but their um their conversations together in celeste kind of convinced nature that simone knows where monty is and what happened to monty and that monty's alive is also a very influential part it's very important uh yeah, it's also a very interesting episode. We get some seriousness with like JQ. He respect games respects game. <laughs> well <laughs> also right. game recognizes game. Yeah, well also respecting um or uh, warning Simone to not break Wiley again, right? Kind of insinuating that she might have caused him to go get his expiration date. Right. Uh, which I, I seems to be true. And kind of the more on the fact of Simone talking with Jay about interest in Wiley <laughs> and yeah. you know, the exploration that occurs here. And it even ends with a great talking scene between Simone and another proxy. Mrs. I love Davis. a great talking scene. <laughs> right. It, I mean, that ended up, I think 
uh, that's my favorite scene. I think it was yours. Oh, my favorite scene. Yeah. Absolutely. I love it. It's great because Mr. Davis will later, you know, admits lying. <laughs> and it's a great talking scene uh, between Mrs. Davis and Simone. This is that's the only time when she puts Mrs. Davis in her own ear, isn't it? She does. Yeah. I, yeah, that, I, I that's when she puts, puts it in. And then, you know, a tear, a tear comes up. <laughs> I know it's the first time, but I think it's the only time. I don't think she ever does it subsequently. I don't think she ever does it again, no. Yeah, so that's a big deal. But that scene's amazing. Uh, I I always, I love, I love depictions of guilt, especially Catholic guilt. So uh, this this really worked for me on a lot of levels. There are lots of guilt themes in this episode. You've got Jay pushing simone toward wiley and she, she she calls him out on it and says i don't know what kind of guilt you're trying to work out because you have other relationships and i don't but i am only going to have sex with you right so she calls jay out for having these guilt issues and then mrs davis calls celeste out for having these guilt issues she feels guilt like deep guilt about what happened to you but it's easier for her to construct a narrative of you as her enemy than it is to admit that she wronged you so uh that that stuff is that stuff is fantastic it's spectacular i love it so yeah it's this is this is good stuff this is a wonderful episode as well they're all wonderful episodes i, I love them <laughs> Man, it's a good series oh that the <laughs> other that other piece that i want to talk about at the end though with the proxy is that mrs davis says that her uh, she doesn't always tell the truth to her users. Users are not interested in the truth. They're more engaged if you tell them what they want to hear. And the the mm-hmm. person proxying breaks character and says, well, that sucks. Uh, or does she really break character? <laughs> also, also, I, I, I still <laughs> wonder. You think that Mrs. Davis said, well, that sucks? Who told her to say, yeah, eh, say it sucks and give her... <laughs> interesting interesting but i i love that that mrs davis and that i mean that will end up being the uh, kind of an instigating factor into what leads simone to make the decision to turn her off at the end she's just there to satisfy yeah just there to satisfy not because she cares oh man this is uh what a series okay are you ready to move on Mm -hmm. number four Okay, number four. This was our, our biggest point of compromise. You had this as your number five rated episode. I had it as my number three. It is episode five, a great place to drink to gain control of your drink, which I am reasonably certain that I that I understand your criticism of it. Yeah, um, I, I yeah, I, I think. By the way, you gave it a, points. You gave it a nine. I gave it a ten. You you missed Simone and Wiley because. We don't really get much Simone and Wiley in this episode. I thought the episode beforehand of this was great. Uh, it was my first 10, episode 4. And I was, yeah, I was loving where we were chugging. And then they put brakes on it. And I, I like, I liked seeing this Clara stuff and, you know, Arthur Schrodinger and the, uh, Clara's, like, relationship with her mother, Matilda, and seeing about Hans Ziegler and how he came to work the way he did. Like, this gave so much clarification and so many answers, right, this episode. Like, the episode prior, your your jaw drops as to, oh, it was a commercial for British (laughs) Knights. Okay. and The coolest uh, speaker. Yeah. So it's just, it gives so many answers. I give that to this episode, right? It is Answer City. But I just... 
don't care as much for Clara and them as I do for our characters. And that's basically it. Like, I agree this gives a lot of answers and it's satisfying, but I would have liked to see Wiley and Mrs. Davis more. Which we did get some of them. You mean Wiley and Simone? <laughs> Wiley and Simone, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Davis is pretty Simone, cool. As far as we but, know. Or is she? <laughs> but I mean, we see them, you know, the, the, the comedic in the episode. Wiley knew what was going to happen next. Oh, it's a, it's another example <laughs> of proxying. They are our proxies in this episode. They're, they are, you know, the, playing our roles. They're interrupting and theorizing and asking questions and saying, "I knew it. I effing knew it." Like it, it's, I think it's really cool and really funny. But it is, it is. But obviously, it's not like actual like character growth or like you know moving forward for them. It, it is. It's still a good episode. I enjoyed the episode. But yeah, I mean, I would have rated. I would have ranked it lower. You would have ranked it higher. Obviously, yes, I get exactly. the difference. Why? I mean, but there you go. Yeah, I mean, I to me, it's not a problem to take a break from our main characters for this story because the, this story. Well, think about it this way: Watchmen, one of our favorite episodes, is this extraordinary being. Oh and yeah, that definitely. is our favorite episode, and, that, I and that's a deviation from our main character. Mm-hmm. So, but but this is this is to me a very necessary episode because we had so many questions building up over four episodes we needed some answers we got some answers fine great but they pulled this trick like i talked about it when we covered it that the last of us pulled all the time and introduced us to a character that i fell in love with and then they yanked her away and that i think is it takes a special series to be able to do that to to give them to give a character basically just the one episode and get you to get have that level of affection for them. I loved sure. Clara, and when her head exploded, that was uh, such a shock to me. I dropped my remote control. I, I, it, it was I never, I never expected that in a million years, and and it and I and it was emotional to me, even though it's shocking and kind of funny because like her head exploded. And like, no, it's, nobody it's dies that way. There's humor there. There's yeah. But it was it was heartbreaking at the same time. So I I love that they were able to pull that trick with me. Um, also, one of the funniest bits uh, in the series, I think, is the double scoff, which I, you didn't even catch. I don't know no, if you've gone back either. and watched it. No, I haven't. I can't recommend enough that you go back and watch this double scoff. It's the best. And Wiley says, you want us to go into a whale to get the grail and maybe get our heads exploded? That's about the size of it, yes. Huh. No response. He looks at Lizzie a little bit more closely and goes, huh. it's so <laughs> funny. Oh, my God, it's great. But I I just found such tremendous satisfaction in this episode. I was a giddy the whole time, just really enthralled with it. So uh, I, I was easily able to overlook the lack of Simone and Wiley uh, for the sake of this episode. So fair. All right. Definitely a fair take. Yeah. So I oh, felt the so same way about the extraordinary being. I yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. As, as is your take. So, all right. Let's move on then. Number three. Beautiful things that come from madness. Okay. Fourth episode of the season. We both gave it tens. However, I had this ranked as my number third. You had this ranked as your number fourth. I did. I had some great things, a great place to drink to gain control of your drink ranked third. So this was this was my fourth. But I was happy to move it up for the sake of the composite. <laughs> the, the great composite. Yes. 
it, uh, this what I seen this was wow. This is an amazing episode. Like this this was my first 10. Uh this whole pope angle is incredible cuz I know we saw um Mother Superior kind of both being a person of like, you know, religious or faith, but also believing in Mrs. Davis. But it's a lot more telling to me when the Pope is like that. Boy, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and the Pope is like that, which is incredible to me. Um, and I didn't think, uh, at first, I didn't think the Pope was real because I'm still reeling from episode one and two yes. of watch out for everyone, watch out yep. for everyone. Um, and I guess, you know, that kind of subsides away, but. Yeah, the Pope's incredible in this episode. Hey, yeah. a lot of other things too. Um, JQ's obviously in here, he's cool as well. And Simone, Hans Ziegler is interesting. But how how about the the, the fact that we spent the whole most of the series second guessing our narrators? Is this an unreliable is this an unreliable narrator? Can we trust these people? Are these bad actors? And pretty much everybody was playing it pretty much straight the whole time. They're right. No, you're right. Besides, <laughs> like the Germans in the beginning, everything else was played pretty straight. Yeah, and Monty just in general, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> he died at a piano. He warned us. He told us the very first thing he said was, "Don't trust Boy. me." <laughs> this is also where Simone first recognizes the whole bakery, you know, affair, and then later her learning that. Jay has other relationships. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know that, that I'd say she learns it because I think she always knew it, but it really suddenly strikes this chord and it has these consequences for her. Yeah. Where you know he he invokes the the vows. You'd be breaking <laughs> your vows. Like that's 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 a rough look for Jay, and and that's what I mean when I say they made Jesus a character, a real character with flaws and desires and needs, and it really fleshed out perfectly so yeah that, that was great the the this whole episode was fantastic i loved maria the baker I, I thought she was amazing she calls i think it's important that she calls attention to the fact that the catholic church does not allow women to be even priests unless mm -hmm. the pope uh which I, I said before is one of the reasons why i left the catholic church i did i don't understand it any more than maria does or simone apparently for that matter speaking of which though great opportunity to sell british knights i want those shoes <laughs> so bad i can't believe they haven't made that model yet i will buy them i'll buy several pairs of them it was a cool ending it was a very cool ending because I, I i'd been still thinking about that first you know like okay so i guess clara is immortal because of the grail makes sense holy yep. grail right but now it's just a commercial which you know this transition nicely into the next episode of Sisters of the Coin and everything else we learned there, but it's great. I, and also, actually, one other thing. This is, I think, where we really started hammering down this Sandy Springs redirect. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess Tina said it in episode two, although I don't yeah. really remember it. And I know that the older woman on the train said it in episode three. That mm -hmm. and, I, and it really stuck with me there. But then to hear it again here from the the madonna uh -huh. speaking to madonna aka mrs davis was interesting for sure that and also just the um kind of like the power of mrs davis with getting a million euros a million euros yeah <laughs> yeah it's a lot of money 40 bags <laughs> a lot 
40 bags. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's a great episode. I do love it. That's, um, I think my favorite, one of my favorite scenes, I don't know if I retrospectively is my favorite scene, but one of my favorite scenes was the, was the sending of the dove to fetch Simone, like a you know, time to pray, Simone. You know, so, uh, because the dove being the symbol of the Holy Spirit, I, I felt at the time that he was, that that actually was the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm not so sure now because they used it again later with the fish. It's more mm. like a, animals, like animals with a religious significance, like a dove or a fish, end up being more or less Jesus's pager. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. But, yeah, cool angle though. Yeah, really, really good stuff. I and all the Wiley stuff, by the way, really amazing stuff with the Pope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Pope saying, you know, I can tell you're in pain. I know pain. Like you're in pain, and uh, you know, that, by the end of it, he admits, I, I was in pain. I wanted to be around you. So it's 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 good stuff. Really good. I Happy to move this into my third spot, even though it's not my third favorite episode. <laughs> it's in our third spot. Correct. Correction. Yes. Our third spot. <laughs> All right. Let's let's move on. Number two. All right. Our second favorite episode. And this one we were in agreement on. We both gave it a 10. We both had it ranked number two. It is the penultimate episode. Episode seven. Great Gatsby 2001. A Space Odyssey. Uh, and I think so much of this episode hinges on that scene inside the grail whale. In the grail whale, we've got Simone descending in and finding the door to the restaurant is open. She goes in, she sees Jay's body laid out on a slab covered in a sheet, and she talks to her mother-in-law, to the Virgin Mary. And it's been the Virgin Mary calling the shots behind that door as the boss this whole time. Of course it was. She's a mother. She's Jay's mother. She's Jesus's mother. It had to be a mother doing that. So, uh, and we find out the origin of the grail, that it's his skull. She forged it out of her anger that he had been crucified. And anger will destroy Simone if she sips out of anger. But if she sips thinking only of Jesus, then she can destroy the grail and end her son's time in this purgatory of a restaurant. So much of the episode hinges on that. So if, if you don't love that, then you're not going to love this episode, but yeah, I think a lot of the series. Almost, yeah, it's absolutely. It's very, it's a very great scene. It, it is it, to me, very emotional. Uh, especially when she describes being able to tell that her son is in pain, seeing it in his eyes he loves to serve, but he never gets to eat. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, a, I, I find it to be very, very emotional. And also when Simone realizes that if she destroys the grail, she will never see him again. But. That is, it is the best scene of the episode. The, and there's a lot of good scenes in this episode. Absolutely. So I, I didn't anticipate this. I don't think you did either. The fact that Wiley and Simone would split up, right? After no. handcuffing him, yeah. mm -hmm. Simone's storyline, right? It, Arthur and Celeste. Oh, There's that's tension scene. between them. But also, yeah, yeah the, the scene in which Arthur's basically giving Celeste a little point of advice with Simone. Yeah. Right. And she yeah. kind of rejects it. <laughs> yeah, well, outwardly, but she takes it to heart. I mean, yeah, the, yeah. the advice is, of course, no matter how headstrong you think your kid is and how much you think that there's no stopping them once they set their minds to it, 
wouldn't you feel better if you tried? Exactly. It's, to try. It's the trying that makes you feel loved, Kurt. <laughs> it's the trying that makes you feel loved. And try, she kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> she couldn't get it all the way there. It's really unfortunate because they had they had a moment there where they could have really connected and it, it ends up taking yeah, just a couple of days extra. She did kind of try. The uh, and meanwhile for Wiley, I mean I did enjoy Wiley's storyline too. I, so I think good. Some, I think I think Simone's is better, but not because of Simone. I think yeah, I gave my favorite character for this mm-hmm. episode to Wiley because I yep. thought what he was doing was incredible, right? It was just the yeah. Mrs. Davis tricking him, quote unquote, but not really according to Wiley. And you know, talking with JQ, they bro it out, they explode the compound. <laughs> that he great scene leaves. outside the pyramid right where yeah we yeah, find yeah. out that J- that jq is more or less one of wiley's disciples that wiley having turned himself in to get an expiration date realized the error of his ways and kind of camped out outside the pyramid recruiting people to his cause so that they wouldn't make the same mistake he made mm-hmm. pretty good and we get to end the city or not the city you even get to end the uh, episode with a nice little sound piece a nice little sound piece. Electric Avenue. <laughs> so, That's right. That's right. This episode was great. It's both like a penultimate setup for the finale. Yeah. But just in and of itself, like the content that it has is also really great, mm-hmm. which yeah, is great it's... for a penultimate. Because sometimes a penultimate can kind of be like too steady uppy or it does like it can one up the finale. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then there's a right. lot left over for the finale. Like you kind of know what's going to happen and then yeah. it happens and you go, well, yeah. all right. <laughs> you know, you're right. There are generally two camps of penultimate episodes. The one where all the action has taken place. And then the finale just becomes, all right. This a prologue. Is the yeah. yeah. A, a epilogue. Yeah. An epilogue. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, or, or the other, there's the other one where it is just kind of moving chess pieces around the board to set up for the final episode. And I, I feel like this walked a delicate balance of doing its own thing really, really well. Yeah. And some final or some penultimate episodes do that. And it's great when they can do that. Cause it's, that is a great penultimate episode. And if it sets up well, you have mm-hmm. a great finale, which speaking <laughs> of it is number one. That's right, folks. Our, our number one rated episode, both of us, 10 out of 10, is the finale, the final intercut, so I'm your horse. You'll love it, Kurt. You'll love it. It's, it's my favorite episode. Mine, too. <laughs> it brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> Whoa, really? Finally? No, no, it doesn't actually bring a tear to my eye, but it is really good. <laughs> Seriously, finally. It, <laughs> there's, there's so much to like about this episode. I love that they get into the origin story of Mrs. Davis. Cause I, I was wondering throughout, like, what do we actually learn how Mrs. Davis would be created? And the final episode, they finally decided to answer that question, which I, I appreciate. It takes up what I think is a fair portion of the episode, meeting Joy. And I also love Joy's reaction to Mrs. Davis in a very cold, calculated way. And kind of the hilarity in Mrs. Davis's purpose of being for Buffalo Wild Wings. It, <laughs> that end of itself i loved so that that absolutely. that was already winning me over like yeah. 10 minutes in, i'm like oh this is great <laughs> yep absolutely yeah and, and then to me the, like the most emotional scene probably uh well certainly the most emotional scene in this episode one of the most emotional scenes in the series is when simone says goodbye to her two lovers and she she goes to the restaurant 
and finds Wiley there. Wiley, who has mm -hmm. decided to go through with the expiration, uh, clearly has has found a place for prayer in his life just as he's about to expire and ends up in the restaurant with Jay. Uh, and when you know for for Simone to come in and see that certainly it's worlds colliding and it's 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 just definitely uh, a culture shock for her but she gets to say this beautiful goodbye to Wiley where Wiley kind of admits that he was angry and then he was worried and now he's just happy for her and then she says this tremendous goodbye to Jay where Jay tries to convince her that he's happy the way it, the way that things are because he doesn't want to lose her and probably by extension he doesn't want to lose the other people that come into the restaurant when she's not there uh but you know he does say you know you don't have to do this i'm certainly happy and and she says but you never get to eat and she makes him that amazing honey butter and bologna sandwich with I love to try yeah me too because a little love goes a long <laughs> way i have not tried uh, honey butter and bologna sandwich, but I am drinking a delicious ginger beer right now. It's really good. <laughs> oh, sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, not which is by the way, ginger beer, not alcoholic. It's like ginger ale, but snappier. Anyway, I've never had it. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so really, really great scene there, and then of course the end of, of the of the series this culmination where she gets her own mother, her real actual mother to proxy for Mrs. Davis, who has been proxied for, or, I'm sorry, proxied by uh, mother figures every step of the way. Now it's Simone's actual mother. And how many times during that conversation were we wondering, is this Mrs. Davis or is this Celeste or is it both? And it's, it's, that's beautiful in its own right. Speaking of answers as well, you know, I, I, so I loved learning with the origin of Mrs. Davis, getting an answer to Monty, right? Actual closure yeah. on that, which obviously helps mm -hmm. Celeste and her whole kind of character arc. But, you know, actually knowing what happened to Monty, I'm glad they didn't leave that as a cliffhanger either, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. They did leave, I think, an appropriate cliffhanger at the very Absolutely. end. Mm -hmm. of, oh, is Mrs. Da and even if we didn't see the windmill, you could still wonder, well, is Mrs. Davis really gone? Well, absolutely. All she did was turn herself off. She didn't blow up her servers or anything, or you know, corrupt her files. I don't know what I'm. I'm using weird, weird terminology that I don't know anything about, but you do. So I'll stop using that terminology. But I will say <laughs> I mean, is that I did also love seeing that you know, all yes, all of our characters get nice happy endings, but not everybody does. This is like a, titration, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, you use some fancy words. I thought I'd use some of yours. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes, I, I'm glad that you misused mine, just like I misused yours. Thank you. You didn't miss my lesson. <laughs> okay. You well, you did misuse, you misuse mine. I know. It's not a good use of titration. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, it's it's great because we get to see the fallout from the lock, the loss of Mrs. Davis. It's it's a very, it, it's like we talked about it being akin to the departure on the leftovers. Mm -hmm. uh, another thought that I had, have you ever seen the Truman show? I had the movie. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I, this will spoil the Truman show a little bit, but it's an uh, old movie. It's, it's an, it is an old movie, sadly, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> sadly. I, I saw it three times in the theaters. Anyway. So, <laughs> so uh, it's, but at the end, after, there's resolution for the main character, Truman. Um, 
everybody kind of just says, you know, they're all very excited that they have this climactic ending. And then they say, all right, let's see what else is on. You know, they, they, it's just like, all right, on to the next thing. Uh, so it, it was a little different than what we saw here um, because they have not moved on to the next thing yet. Mm. But it's it's similar in that, yes, things are one way for our main characters, but everybody else has a different reaction to this event than our main characters. I don't know if I still would have given this a 10 had they not shown us um, that little montage at the end of people's reactions. Yeah. I, I, I probably still would have, but yeah, we didn't mention the fact that it's a little bit of a happy, like, lovey-dovey ending, mm-hmm. but for our characters, which is right. a big distinction, right? It's Very a good big. ending for our characters, but it would appear that for most people, this is not an ideal outcome. <laughs> That's right. I, I could see a season two where you focus on someone who's Life has been ruined because they lost Mrs. Davis. Precisely. So, and I appreciate that they showed that. And and, because they've shown more, maybe. I'm with what they showed made me happy. Uh, And maybe it's just the way I am, but I I don't want to just see like a super happy ending. This is a Mm -hmm. pretty justified super happy ending, I guess. Because they they give a lot of explanation to everything. It's not just like all's well and well. Like they, there's a lot of reasoning as to why it ends the way it does. So it's fine. So maybe I would have still given it a 10, but I think I would have felt less satisfied of, well, everything did work out. And I mean, that's great, but I don't know. Maybe I just want a little bit of, I just want a little bit of stuff not working out. You know, it would have been like eating that cupcake. It tastes great in the moment. And then the more you think about it, you're like, ah, did I really want to eat that cupcake? No regrets on the cupcake. <laughs> I mean, third I never... cupcake, maybe. I don't. Re- I don't ever regret cupcakes. I love <laughs> cupcakes, but that's. <laughs> I've heard of that. <laughs> I love cupcakes. Really? Do you like them more than cookies and brownies? Yes. Real? Okay. Well, yeah. Greatly yes. disagree. Yeah. As long as they have buttercream frosting, you're very important. You are a big buttercream frosting fan. I am. Um, cupcakes are all right. I, I, I think that, <laughs> I think they're more than all right. I will, I will tell you. I want Let's to try these mana donuts. These mana donuts might be better. <laughs> Anyway, all right, Kurt. Well, that's that's every that's all the episodes, right? Yeah, yeah, that's every. All right, let's episode. let's uh, talk about those episodes' titles, which were algorithmically <laughs> generated. The writer, uh, so uh, Johnny Sun was one of the writers on the series. Uh, developed this algorithm for naming the episodes, and uh, we have some thoughts. So, so let's talk about our least favorite. T- you know what? Yeah, let's talk about our least favorite title first. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm going to try to predict your least favorite title here. I think your least favorite title was Alice and Treasures, A Southern California Story. I'm guessing the same for you. Oh my God, yes. Of course it is. I don't know what it means <laughs> at all. I don't know who Alice and Treasures is. <laughs> I, that's, that's what gets me. It, it, uh, every, other, every other one, to some extent, I can kind of Fugazi it into whatever I Fugazi, kind of oh my in. god, I've never heard that. I haven't heard that term in so many years. Is that a really old term? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I used that. <laughs> yeah. The, I, you know, I just, I can't see. I, the only other one I could maybe put in this camp is the penultimate episode. Me too. Yeah. Guess 2001 yep. Space Odyssey. Yep. Just because I don't really see the relation in that stuff with the episode, but I'm chalking that one up to my own ignorance. That I exactly, don't know those I've seen two neither. Works enough, yeah, exactly. I've seen neither of them, so yeah. 
fine. But Alice in Treasure is not culturally like popular enough. Well, at least not culturally yeah. pro or popular enough for me to know it. And right, what Southern California story? Okay. And my head canon is that that proxy at the end is named Alice in Treasures, <laughs> but uh, there's nothing. That, that's just because I came up with it. it has like the Sal cut. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Well, I'm glad we're in agreement on that. How about the best? This is what I'm much more interested in. Okay, let me even guess you here first. I, I think I have a good guess for you. You're really into the horse. I, uh, that I know for sure. So I'm, I'm wondering. No, actually, you really like the Holy Grail. I think yours is a great place to drink to gain control of your drink. Ah, okay. And I think that yours, because I know what you look for in the title is something that's going to help you remember the episode. So mm-hmm. episode one, I don't think there's really anything there to help you too much. Mother of Mercy, the call of the horse. I mean, the horse is in it, but it's not really a prominent figure. It does blow up in that episode, presumably, but not really. Uh, I don't think that's enough. Um, episode two, the Svaisi Pil Mitch Zeitung. You to say that again? I did. Uh, <laughs> um, but that's... I mean, that reminds me that the Germans are in it, but the Germans are episode one as well, so I don't think that one does it for you either. Episode three, though. It's a German twist. A baby with wings, a sad boy with wings, and a great helmet. Mm-hmm. Boy, you're, that title tells you exactly what's going on in that episode. Beautiful things that come from madness. No, that doesn't tell you anything about that episode. That could that could describe every episode. Uh, five, and you hate that. You hate when titles can describe every episode. So no, that's definitely not your favorite. Um, great place to drink to gain control of your drink. You might have picked that one. You picked it for me. You might have picked it for, for yourself as well. Alice and Treasures, forget it. That was already your worst title. Space, uh, Gatsby 2001, no. But this is what I'm going with. Because how could this not tell you exactly <laughs> what the episode was? The final intercut. <laughs> so I'm your horse. It's got to be that one. Because that tells Mr. you everything Sal, you need to know. Mr. Sal, you're spot on. Yes. <laughs> you're spot on. <laughs> basically the rationale. Yep. Honestly, none of these titles are that great. In no, my opinion, like, maybe you'll, but you'll never me. forget that. That's an easy one. Exactly. The final, it's the last exactly. episode. Exactly. Final Ex- mm-hmm. And so I'm your horse. It- Wiley talks about himself as the horse, and then the horse comes back at the end. Oh my mm-hmm. god! Yeah. If you a year from now showed me all these titles, I might not be able to pick each one to whatever, but I would be able to pick out that one. Ah, <laughs> so. uh, exactly. And you got me wrong because you're thinking of me like you think of yourself. You're thinking of, okay, the great place to drink gain control of your drink certainly is going to remind me about the growl scene. But I don't care I, I about thought, that. You I know a more to what it. I look for in a title is what you look to avoid. What's the title that best fits the theme of the whole series? And that is Beautiful, Beautiful Things, things come, That Come From that Oh my goodness. <laughs> you said of a gun. It's a terrible title and you know it. No, it's not. It's it's, it's yeah. the title of the series. I love exactly. That. So why is that an episode title? <laughs> I love it because that's my it, point exactly. <laughs> it's my point exactly. See, we're making the same point, but in opposite directions. I know. I, guess I, I love it. Much yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love it. So, but I'm surprised you didn't learn that yet. I mean, I thought that the last time what was the last recap episode we did. The Last of Us. Or I think uh, maybe Chernobyl. Yeah. I think it's Last of Us. Not yeah, sure. I can't remember. Well, either way, we we've had the, this, this discussion <laughs> over and over again about 
who uh, what titles uh, we both prefer. So you that's where I landed. Series titles for episode titles. What about them? You you would like if every series title or not? Sorry, you would like if every episode title was an alternate series title. Yes, ridiculous. Exactly right. How are you ever gonna? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Kurt. I'll let you decide. What do you want to do next? Our, our moments or our characters? Let's do our moments. Okay. So let's start with our the funniest moment. Okay. I, I don't. I don't know that. It's kind of hard to pick. It's kind of hard to pick out from like. I know. It's, it I is. didn't write it out. I, mean, I, I, I might give you a, you know a top two or three here, but um, and I don't know if I can t- even take a guess for you. I don't know if I can even guess for you either. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not guess. I'll I'll tell All you right. my top two or three funniest moments right. in the series. The number one funniest moment to me was JQ jumping out of the plane. When he he leans his face over and his face is flapping all over the place. That was pretty funny. He zips up his wetsuit. He says, "Might me." (laughs) Takes a (laughs) scoop of Vegemite and then he like jump kicks out of the plane. I I laughed so hard. I showed my kids because like there's nothing objectionable about any of that. I just think it's object objectively funny. I showed them. They thought it was hysterical too. So of course it helps that that's the voice of Ched. From Centaur World, <laughs> so that's that's my number one funniest moment for sure. Probably as a close runner-up is Wiley's double scoff in episode five. Okay, well, I I only picked my number one funniest scene, which um, why well, see this is this is kind of where it comes down to interpretation because you yeah, see here's for down moment. I did scene, that's fine, which is fine. Yeah, I, it's yeah. still pretty funny. Which is in the penultimate episode when Wiley and JQ are broing it out by the pyramid. It's so funny, you nerd. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah, all oh, the nerd car. They're oh. Go back to your stupid triangle, nerd. <laughs> you little nerd car. So, oh, just the fact that they're like, ah, it's such a funny scene. It's great. It's so, so good. I, I, I loved that scene. All right. Hey, all so right. Jaw dropping. Most jaw dropping moment. This one I might be able to guess for you. I, oh, I mean, okay. yeah, I I think I you might. You will. But... <laughs> Never mind. Okay, I, but... I I think. Jeez, now I don't think I will. Uh, I was going to say like the restaurant when Wiley and Jay were there, but I'm I, now I'm seeing that as a hedge. I think you did um the British Knights commercial. See, I think that's what you said the the, the British Knights mm-hmm. commercial. Okay. So you're wrong about me. That is not to me the most jaw dropping moment. That might have been the most WTF moment of the series. Mine, mine the was mine was the British Knights. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. To me, the most jaw dropping moment is when Simone says, "I said yes, yes, Jesus." I, that just changes the whole. Oh, you're right. For me. You're right. No, that is true. When the second, yeah, the second you realize. The second you realize that Jay is Jesus, yeah, that yeah, that's a that's big true. deal to me. So that that it's was a very big deal. Seriously. The most jaw dropping moment for me, probably uh, close runner up would be Clara's head exploding. <laughs> but, that was also very jaw dropping. Yeah. So okay, all right. How about the most emotional moments? Uh, this one, a... I think. This one, I think, is the restaurant one with the Jay and Wiley there for you. Yeah, I, I that that's it. Specific. Yeah. If you want to. Like winnow it down even closer. Uh, it would be when S- Simone feeds Jay. Yeah, yeah. But but the, if I mean if you, yeah, if you want me to use the whole scene, then yes, it's that whole scene. 
Okay. So, and for you, um, I think it's got something to do with Celeste. I think uh, maybe when Celeste says, I'm sorry, while she's proxying, and Simone says, Is that you or Mrs. Davis? That is emotional, but I, I said the Virgin Mary dropping bombs on some of yeah. <laughs> those are some pretty big bombs. Not literal, not literal bombs, but knowledge bombs. Nice. Exactly. <laughs> crack what are you cracking? What are you making omelets? I'm cracking some eggs. Cracking eggs and knowledge. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Reference. Yeah. New season of that starts up soon, by the way. Can't can't believe that show is still going. Okay. What season are they on now? Like oh my god, 10, 14, I think. 14 something now. like that. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Anyway. All right. So, one last moment to talk about, and that's quotes that will stick with us. So, I have a couple. I really couldn't decide which one of them is going to stick with me more than the other. I think there's one that's much more applicable to lots of things, and one that's just more thematic. I picked one so. quote. Okay. You want to tell me? I'm never going to guess, so I'm just go ahead and tell me. I I picked this because I will probably remember this. Um, I'll remember this post the series. Uh, my son loves to serve, but he never gets to eat. Yeah. Oh, good one. That's a big one. Yeah. Big one. Uh, so the two that I picked. So this one is more just because it struck me as just a really, really deep and insightful reason for ending Mrs. Davis. You weren't made to care. You were made to satisfy. That's why I'm turning you off. That's really good. That's a good one. And then, but the other one that I'll probably use, I think I have used several times since seeing it, is such as the strength of my faith. Yeah. So. Such as the strength of my faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They use it multiple times. Yeah. Other um, other ones that kind of, kind of stuck out are, you know, um, a little love goes a long way, but that's kind of generic. So I didn't pick that one. <laughs> anyway. yeah yeah okay so characters then mr sam oh the characters the characters oh man all right so our character superlatives our character superlatives we we like to talk a lot about morality on show hoppers we didn't do it much with this series which is kind of weird that we didn't uh i think a lot of the characters are kind of in moral agreement do you think so a lot of them are like simone wiley for the most part, are like they're trying to stop Mrs. Davis. They have some scuffles and disagreements. Okay. Um, Arthur Schrodinger's in agreement with that. A lot of them kind of are. I mean, well, okay, but th- but but their methods are not necessarily. Always they're not. They're not. But I, I guess it just isn't. I we, I guess we just discussed them. I guess you're right. We didn't discuss like the moral differences in their um, methodology right. of approach. That's right. true. But I guess the reason we didn't is because they're not like diametrically opposed. Like they want the same thing. Right. So. So. My our first category is goodest character and baddest character, and when we say that, we don't mean our best character or our favorite character. We mean by goodest character, we mean someone with a strong moral compass who's convicted to their values um, and tries to always live by that and do the right thing according to that set of guidelines. And baddest would be someone who is objectively morally reprehensible by pretty much any measure. So Oz, I don't think you'll ever guess mine. Really? For for <laughs> for either of them? For goodest. Okay. Really? Which might be a hint. Because I had difficulty trying to pick out goodest. Goodest is hard in this one. Okay, good. It, okay. You it, also struggled. No, I struggled. I struggled a okay, lot. Okay, so uh, I'll guess you then. Um 
I think you said Joy. Okay. I think you said Schrodinger. Okay. I did. I not. I thought about putting Joy. I did not okay. though. I did. Oh. I just guessed for you. I put Arthur Schrodinger. You put Schrodinger. For Schrodinger. Come? What compared to the characters and things they do and stuff? He's he's not a very big character, so I'll give that. Okay. But the time I mean, he's in, the, the easy thing to do would have been to say like the Virgin Mary. <laughs> but, <laughs> but she's only in one scene. Though. <laughs> now, it, the time he's in, he almost does nothing that's I would consider morally bad. He does about the most morally bad thing he could, did. You could say is when he like first meets Clara and basically kind of outlines the relationship, which I wouldn't even consider it bad. Like they didn't no. know each other, so he's just kind of laying out. His ground of he doesn't really want to have a like a family esque relationship with Clara, but he even ends up getting one anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, I, so I would say, you know, Arthur Schrodinger, and then yeah. also like his feelings towards having um, a child or you know at least being a parental figure and trying to pass it on to Celeste. So I, yeah. So one one additional point I'll make in your favor for mm-hmm. why he is good as character. I did not pick him by the way, but. Yeah. Uh, one additional point I'll make in in that ar- for that argument is when he gets off the island, he asks Mrs. Davis where Simone and Wiley are and realizes that he shouldn't be doing that and immediately exiles himself back to the island. That's a that's a really morally good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, but and these are the two strikes I would have against Schrodinger. One is that once they're there. He's perfectly willing to sacrifice them. Um, What's a sacrifice? It's, uh, it's, you know, and, and they're willing. Yes, I, I agree. But, he's not like he's not trying to trick him. He's very transparent. Oh, he is. He's very transparent. So but I think he's still willing. But he's still willing to risk their lives. That's fine to do it. Um, also, either he doesn't know how to play rock paper scissors, or he actually wanted Clara to drink because he <laughs> could have just played rock and been. Either they tie or he or he loses or he wins. I mean, uh, he's just very gullible. So, yeah. it's more like that. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, so those are my only two arguments against Schrodinger. Otherwise, I think that's a really good pick. Okay, not, not who, the pick I made. Well, who's who's the pick you did for? Ghost? I went with Mother Superior Margaret. I thought about also Mother Superior. Yeah, Mother Superior was always very supportive. Yeah. Um, so she, the the only reason I did not pick. Mother Superior is because so Mother Superior is very supportive to the Covenant, like when they're leaving, trying to get set them up with something, and to Simone even till like the final episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess what I would say against Mother Superior is kind of the fact the 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 nature of yeah we had to sell the co- we had to sell I ran out of money oh well <laughs> well that's like, not her decision though that's the church I mean right she was very um. But I mean, she was probably in fact with, with Mrs. Davis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, but if she believes that Mrs. Davis, if she has, she clearly has put her faith in Mrs. Davis, and if she believes that Mrs. Davis is always altruistic, trying to do the right thing for her users, then it was a fine thing to do. No, yeah, no. I, so I agree. I, I think she is one of the gooder I think, characters. I think the one argument you can make against her is that she does act selfishly. By trying to preserve Mrs. Davis, although she pitches it as not selfish, yeah. like you know, oh, this one is you know helping endangered. I don't remember what, what animal they were, <laughs> but like 
it, we've all found our a new purpose and calling and, and, and because of Mrs. Davis, you know, so, so there is that part of it, but I do always think she gives Simone always the choice. You know, she, it's, the, the, she's not telling her you can't destroy Mrs. Davis. She's giving her the choice. She kind of prods Simone toward back toward her mother. She's there for Simone. Even though, even though the last time they saw each other was not uh, warm and friendly, it was chilly because uh, the mother superior had admitted to being a user of Mrs. Davis. Um, she's there for her, bringing her in what she needs and, and being right. The, she's the one person Simone calls to be with her during this time. Um, Mm-hmm. Had ninety eight percent. She belief seems in her. like the the person with the healthiest balance of where to put her faith. They have the ninety eight. Yeah. So, anyway, so I, that's who I went with for my my goodest that's character. I, I I think she's a good pick. Yeah, and, and Schrodinger is too. So that's also a good pick. All right, now what about baddest character? I I actually had harder time with this one. Really, I did because I could not decide. I had more than one character that I thought might qualify here. And it took me quite a bit of thought to, to figure out which of those multiple characters I, I wanted to go with. What do you think uh, I did? I think, well, wait a minute. Did you, you guessed me first, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, okay. no, you did. You, no, you guessed I didn't. Schrodinger. Oh, okay. I think you did guess me first. I, I don't even remember what I guessed for you. Oh, joy. I did guess you first. You, you guessed gotta first. Guess I, first. I got to guess you first. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Villain, villain, villain. Not villain, sorry. Most morally bad. Man, I really don't know who you would have put. Who is so self... I think you said Hans Ziegler. Okay. That does seem like the obvious one. If anybody's just a villain in this... Well, yeah, he is the villain. Right. (laughs) Right. Uh, And I I say... You might have said Ziegler, too. But I I think you went with Matilda. Ah, you think I went with Matilda, the I do. bad mother? Yeah. So I will tell you, you're wrong. I did not go with Ziegler. Did you, did you do Matilda? I did not. She was on my short list. Matilda, Ziegler wasn't I, even on my short list, actually. Really? I did yeah. Ziegler. I thought, did I did think about Matilda. I did Ziegler, though. I, oh, I'm okay. curious, who did you pick? I, I think I didn't even think about whoever you'd pick. Well, you've already revealed that you did Ziegler. So yeah. why don't you tell us why you picked Ziegler? And, and I'll kind of rebut that a little bit, I think. Okay, well, so... Ziegler does join the church almost as like part of the cause, right? But there's a level of what I think is corruption for Ziegler of like you know he now wants to blackmail us to the coin, yeah. and you know obviously it looks like Matilda did not treat him very well, right? And I think you could also put Matilda's baddest character, just because um she was on my short list. Yeah, she pushed away her own daughter, pushed away Hans. Uh, you know she she's done her own bad things, but Ziegler wise, uh. You can definitely see his selfishness in his character, right? He's trying to do what's better for him. He's looking to blackmail, uh, trying to get footage of the Pope. Yeah, so he's, I would say that's probably the biggest thing about him, right? Is that he's just kind of a very selfish character. He's willing to jail people up, trying to, you know, to achieve his means, his goal. And he kind of even gets himself killed because he's <laughs> so, like, stubborn and wanting to steal back this grail. Yeah, um, fair enough. And and I, honestly, those are all good arguments. My my reason for not picking Ziegler is that it seems like before he was told he had to become a priest and infiltrate the Vatican, he was dedicated to a cause. He was dedicated to people, maybe one person more than others. Uh, and 
seemed to be doing the right thing for that cause, which was not a selfish cause. So before so, he became bad. So as an apron man, as an apron man, I think there was mostly good in him, and he soured once he was turned away from that. So that's why I, think I completely agree with that. Okay. All right. So here's what I, who I went with ultimately. So Matilda was on my short list. Celeste was on my short list, but she turned toward the end. So I, I couldn't give it to Celeste. I went with Monty. I think oh, Monty is the best character. You can story. make that argument. You There's really can. Every single decision and act that he does is selfish. It can be argued as selfish. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think I think you could go the other way and say he was being genuine. <laughs> I I I think he is manipulative. He is gaslighty. He I think is... I think you're right based on like some of the things he does, like um when he what's it called? When he told Simone to come to a show yeah, and he parakeets not Parak thank you, parakeet. Yeah. Like that, I, I agree, is very telling of his character and, yep. and makes him lose a lot of credibility. I still think there's like plausible deniability in some of it. Like that, sad that about be. sad about Celeste's room and stuff. But certainly it could I mean, even in that scene that Celeste points out it was manipulation, or maybe at the hospital, I forget. Yeah. But, uh, I mean uh, But yeah. no, you're 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 definitely right. Every, all of Monty's actions can be shown as manipulative and yeah. even kind of till the end like you tried to yeah. kind of let his death so i see <laughs> i a very I, I didn't even think about monty but it's, yeah it's a good angle yeah thank you yeah that, that, he's he to me is the baddest character so all right how about the most character growth now growth doesn't have to be necessarily a positive thing growth could be a negative thing it could be uh that they were good and then they suddenly took a turn and became evil uh, but most character growth would be the character that changed the most exactly story-wise not our perspective not our opinion of the character but the story changed that person the most so i have to guess you first this time i believe mm -hmm. yeah okay yep. uh i i think for you this comes down to uh no i i think you say wiley i think you say celeste those were the two on my short list wiley and celeste <laughs> now where did we land on <laughs> i uh, <laughs> boy i i wrote down wiley but i i but, said celeste oh <laughs> wow okay so I, I mean i do think undeniably these are the two that change the most that have the most growth i would argue i did think about why i was thinking about it, but i think celeste takes it by quite a bit Okay. I, I, it's simply because, I mean, it's mostly all in the last episode, but for the whole series, fervently, right, convinced about Monty being alive and convinced that Simone's involved in it and just very, uh, Mrs. Davis kind of describes it as subconsciously, she thinks that um, her daughter must dislike her so she has to kind of push back in this very aggressive way and it, you, you see the glimpses right you see the glimpses like in the penultimate where she 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 tries to take arthur's advice but still you know her old ways are still there but by the end of the series when she finally gets closure on monty and everything she that final scene when she's with simone she's so apologetic right and she even kind of apologizes with the help of mrs davis so i think that's huge character growth from and it looks like you know when they write off 
on the horse, Wiley and Simone, that Celeste and um, Simone are going to have a much better relationship henceforth. So prior to them not even really talking in her adult life to, I, I think, they have a much healthier relationship, um, which is because of Celeste's character growth. So that's yeah. why. So that's why I say but Celeste. I totally agree. You're 100% right about Now, Wiley, Wiley, I, I think you can make an argument for Wiley. Though, which this is what I hope I can do because <laughs> uh, because I those are that is the argument for Celeste. You made it. You made mm-hmm. it very well. Uh, I guess my only thing about Celeste is how much does this stick? How much of it was just this is in the moment. This is how she felt because she's still saying to Wiley, "You you stole me a couch." I see it like a joking. I way. know she does. <laughs> I know. I know. So um, so I guess that's my only question about Celeste. The only and he, she, why... he does he does owe her a couch. Yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. They had there was a couch. It's a modified couch. It's, it's, it's mods in it, but don't no. want that couch. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, but Wiley, I think, has the more permanent character growth. Uh, you, you know, Wiley goes from a character who starts an organization to destroy Mrs. Davis, presumably to avoid his own expiration, to willingly walking in to his expiration after blowing up his base uh you know he does did he recruit jq and the others because he was selfish or because he was selfless was he did he think that mrs davis needed to be destroyed for humanity or did he think that mrs davis needed to be destroyed for him for himself but regardless of how where you land on any of that wiley's character arc is one that i really love because it's all about worthiness he goes from feeling unworthy, unworthy of his boots because he didn't ride the bull, trying to every step of the way to prove himself on the sword with the expiration date. Uh, I'm forgetting one, but uh, it'll, it'll come to me. <laughs> anyway, uh, tr- always trying to prove himself, that, to prove to himself and to Simone or to Lizzie, whoever, that he is worthy. Uh, to, at the end of the, of the end of the last episode, being on that roller coaster in tears, which is something he never would have done before. Crying was not a wily thing. Mm-hmm. Saying, I am worthy. And ditching his boots. I think the ditching of the boots is very symbolic. It's not that th- th- this is this is going to stick. He views himself as worthy. He does not need the boots to prove his worth. He doesn't need any of this to prove his worth. He is intrinsically worthy of love and respect and dignity. So th- to me, that act of self-realization uh is a bigger moment of character growth i would i would agree it's definitely character growth like wiley and celeste both have a lot of character growth but wiley's character growth is a lot more internal yep and i don't think it changes on an individual basis how he interacts with people like i don't think he'll really talk to simone very much differently compared to celeste's character change of how people will view her and her mannerisms towards others will be different. I do think Wiley's changes. You can even argue Celeste's might change hers own internal emotional, the way she views herself as well, because she seems mm-hmm. so regretful for how she treated Simone. So, I mean, I agree with you, but I, I, I still, I, I, I will still hold form on Celeste. I think Celeste that's more I, character growth. And honestly, but, honestly, I think undeniably, these are the two characters with <laughs> the most character growth. And I think that it's really, uh, I think it's great that we picked opposite ones because I yeah. think I, I'm glad we were able to have the discussion from from both points of view. I'm not. I wish you picked Celeste. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. How about our biggest turn on a character? Now, this is all about us, not them. 
this is about how we felt about the character and then over the course of the series we felt differently about the character i i think i know what you picked do you really i think so okay go ahead i think you picked jesus okay and i think you picked mrs davis nope i picked jesus i picked jesus too (laughs) (laughs) i mean just because like uh, what you said earlier about jaw dropping scenes it's like it is yeah you put jay yeah (laughs) is is once you learn it's jesus that changes everything it's way oh whoa now this guy's a lot more interesting in the like beforehand i'm i'm interested in the restaurant yeah yeah you know it's a simone's husband or whatever but yeah yeah um, i'll tell you like to, in many ways, I think Jay makes this series. Without Jay, this is a good series, not a great series. I agree. The personification of both her faith and like Jesus is so yeah. interesting. It, it <laughs> so is. interesting. It's so great. So, oh my god. Yeah. yeah. So, no. Yeah. I. I yeah. I okay. Good. I thought. Well, I thought. Great. I thought you'd pick that. Yeah. I mean, I. I knew. I, I was thinking. I was like, I think it's got to be Jay slash Jesus, right? <laughs> but I picked it. all right right, well i'm glad i'm glad we agree on that um i'm gonna skip ahead one and we'll talk about our most interesting character last but uh let's talk about our most entertaining character uh and for you boy i think there's a chance you said wiley but probably you said jq i think you said jq as well i did say jq (laughs) i think this is the other one right (laughs) very confident yeah i mean every jq scene or head over heels over how funny i mean probably it was I, I always some always end up breaking uh like a character to time ratio, right? Given the airtime or um screen time, sorry, that JQ yeah. gets always a great job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if there's Honestly, JQ in the scene, it's gonna be a great one. Oh, absolutely. Talking. Absolutely. Honestly, like I, I thought he was gonna be a smaller character than he was. So yeah, Me I'm, too. Glad, I'm happy. I'm that. glad we got as much JQ as we did, but mm-hmm. man, ev- everything he did was solid gold comedy. Even even in even in the finale. When they show oh. him in the, in the montage, they're showing all the ending stuff, and it's JQ <laughs> poker know. all in. <laughs> yep. When he realizes, oh yep. my god, it's great, great oh, stuff, great stuff. It. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, the and the, still the deck for the nun and the the jumping out of the plane though. The, the, I I I will never forget that scene of him jumping out of the plane. It's indelibly stuck in my memory. It's real good. So. <laughs> Yeah, all right, which brings us finally to our most interesting character. The most interesting character. Do you, I, I think it's your turn to guess me first? I think you said Simone. Okay. And I think I think you said Jay. All right. Uh I did say Simone. I, I also I, said Simone. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> I, I, I think that the rationale being a character that actually has a, a real one-to-one relationship with Jesus, like this this whole <laughs> dynamic for Simone yes. is a very interesting one. I think I said it in episode two or three when we were covering it. Of, yeah, I really, it's just such an interesting dynamic. It, <laughs> so, it, it absolutely is. And that's what makes her an interesting character. It, that's, I mean, that's, I think, part of it. I think that a lot of it is just because Betty Gilpin is amazing. I, I, just have so much regard for Betty Gilpin as an actor. Uh, the the way that she took, she could take that first episode, which is just so goofy, and go from you know riding up on her horse and going, oh, "What happened?" Right, it, which is just total goofball, 
to at the end being on the brink of tears when she realizes that she has an opportunity to destroy Mrs. Davis. Uh, and seeing that range is, is, is really incredible. But then the, she, she always displays that complicated relationship with her mother. Uh, and then by extension, the complicated relationship that she has with Wiley and with Jay. So all these other characters that are so great and so interesting are interesting revolving around Simone because Simone's at the center of all of it. She, uh, and even, I, I mean, she changes a lot too over the course of the series. Uh, but it's the nuance that Betty Gilpin plays it with that really gets me with this one. Yeah. I mean, Simone is also the main character, which is kind of <laughs> yeah. some bias in that. <laughs> you want to have your main character mm-hmm. potentially being the most interesting character. So good, good on their part. Uh, yeah. Eh, I, it's a lot of screen time. <laughs> it's a lot of screen time. <laughs> yeah. A lot of but this, the show does not work without her. That, that, she, mm-hmm. she, Definitely. That, you know, and I, I, I'd be interested to see if they did a season two. Do they keep her around? I mean, I don't know if you can call it a, a limited series if, if she's still around, but I mean, Tanya was still around in season two of White Lotus. They yeah, just, you could probably have her around, but probably not as the central character. Maybe. Yeah, I, I would think, but who knows? Yeah. I honestly, what if they? So they they just made it as an anthology or limited series. But what if what if you know the, the awards happen? They say screw it, season two. Yep, <laughs> we're we're bringing it back. Yeah, and then it's just and and that's essentially what has happened with the White Lotus is White Lotus is no longer in the limited series no, I, or anthologies I, category. So if they do, oh really? Them, yeah, no, it's it's drama now. Oh, see, so yeah, yeah. what if they pull? What, yes, they could pull White Lotus. They could. All right, so, that's what I like to see. Yeah, so and that that does make me wonder if we don't have a pretty good chance of seeing season two but well we'll, we'll see how it does at the awards but like i said mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy with the way it ended uh if definitely. they did do a season two i would definitely want i think a new cast i feel like they really did end off the story mm-hmm. for this cast well enough yeah I, I, some I, of the characters can come back but yeah i think the most interesting thing they ones. could do in season two is have it be from the perspective of someone who really lost something when they lost mrs davis i think either that or we just go back in time and just someone else's completely different viewpoint with Mrs. Davis, maybe mm-hmm. even intersecting with the fact that Mrs. Davis goes bye bye. But ah, yeah, so could be. could be, yeah. Well, I'm thrilled that we covered this series, I'm thrilled that the series was made at all. Uh, Damon Lindelof remains the, the king of my entertainment universe. Uh, my god I, 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 he could do whatever he wants at this point i'll watch it although movies maybe not so much anyway but <laughs> but tell if a series absolutely so uh and hey you know what good for peacock for picking this series up and and making it and and taking a chance on it because i'm sure there's a lot of risk involved in making a series like this i hope it paid off i hope they got subscribers because of it i hope that it Does has well, an audience yeah i hope it gets some awards you know i i hope it has an audience um i i think that now that it's over and it has such a satisfying ending the word of mouth which was probably already very good is going to only get better so i i whether there's a season two or not is irrelevant but i do hope that people find this series uh and and enjoy it and see it through to completion because i think there's a lot to be gained by watching the whole thing i agree yeah and you know normally at this point if i knew this was not coming back for season two for sure 
I'd give a, a nice little essay on all the themes that I love so very, very much about Mrs. Davis from things like worthiness to motherhood uh, and, and just parenthood in general, well, specifically motherhood, I guess, you know, um, consequences to her actions and so forth. Because there's a lot there that I really, really love. Uh, but I'm not going to do that now because I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to do that now and then have to do it again if they do bring <laughs> it back. So, so we're not going to do that now. But what we will do now is we'll tell you. We'll announce here what's coming in place of Mrs. Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now a, a, lot, a little ways down the road, as most of you, or hopefully all of you, know. Uh, we covered season one and two of Only Murders in the Building. And so we're very excited to be covering season three when it returns on August 8th. But that leaves a gap in the meantime, because we've got a few weeks in between now on August 8th. And we are going to be covering a series that I think, if you like Mrs. Davis, I think you'll like this. It's definitely not got the comedy and the goofiness of Mrs. Davis, but it has a lot of similar themes from what I could tell uh, from watching the pilot. Um there's lots of themes of where do you place your faith, um, lost faith. Uh, there's super there's a supernatural element to it. Uh, and it's got a season two. It only has one season so far, but season two is coming out in 2023. So we're going to cover season one in preparation for hopefully covering season two when that drops. If we like season one. Because well, come on, one of Mr. Us, Sal. What's the name of the series? <laughs> neither one of us have seen it, but we're going to be covering... The prime original series, Outer Range. Our first prime coverage. It is our first prime coverage. So Outer Range, uh, it's got eight episodes. I have seen the pilot, but that is all. And I I really enjoyed the pilot. I wanted very badly to watch episode two, uh, but I I, I withheld watching it uh, because we'll we'll cover it. Um, And I'm excited to be covering it. I think it's going to be an exciting journey for us. Uh, I hope we like it so that we can then cover season two, but maybe we'll hate it. You never know. <laughs> this is this is one of the few. Uh, this is this the only time we've ever just gone under the series and said, "Well, let's try this one." It might be uh, every th- other I one that we is. did. One of us has either seen it or it's dropping. No, not even if it's dropping new because then we've right. seen previous seasons the, of it. Yeah, you're right. This is I guess this is uh, the last of Mrs. Us Davis, the closest thing. Yeah, this and is Mrs. Davis. Yeah. So yeah. recently we yeah. started foraying into this stuff, but there, there, there was there was good reason to pick each one. Like I knew I knew most of the plot of The Last of Us. Yeah, and and Mrs. Davis was Damon Lindelof, so, so we had to. So yeah, this so we one, had to. this one, not more I, jump of faith. This I, is I, a, I have no background knowledge on it. You've only seen the pilot. Yeah, this is a big leap of faith. So we're we're jumping in here, jumping into the void. Which, if you know anything about the series, that'll make sense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we'll see we'll see how it goes. But that's what we'll be doing next week. We continue our coverage of Lost, which is wrapping up very very quickly. We only have a few episodes left of that, um, and then we'll be done with the whole series. Uh, what how, what comes after Lost? I don't know. <laughs> if if you know, email us at showoperspodcast at gmail dot com. That's right. And in the meantime, you can go back and check out our back catalog of Better Call Saul, Black Mirror, Centaur World, Chernobyl, Dexter, New Blood, The Leftovers, Lost, and now all of Mrs. Davis is up there. Go listen to it again. Why not do a rewatch? It's it's great on rewatch, by the way. Uh, Only Murders in the Building, Ozark, Russian Doll, The White Lotus, Watchmen, The Last of Us. We got all kinds of stuff up there, and we're soon to be adding 
outer range to that collection. All right, Kurt. That is a wrap on Mrs. Davis. Any final words? Does not compute. Oh, wait, no. Uh, Sandy Springs. <laughs> redirect. <laughs> All right. Well, we do hope that you enjoyed our coverage, folks. Email us at showhopperspodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments uh, for us, we'd love to hear from you. Five-star ratings and reviews are very much appreciated. Please spread the word about the podcast. And Mrs. Davis, tell people to watch Mrs. Davis and then listen to our coverage. We hope you've enjoyed our coverage. It was made with love, and a little love goes a long way. Shoe hammer some show hoppers into your day.